Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Today I'm talking with Jolly Walker Biddick about his debut novel, Cape Henry House. It's a whirlwind tale full of drama, adventure, and friendship as a group of young sailors create lasting memories and form lifetime bonds. Before we get started, here's the inside scoop on Jolly. Jolly Walker Biddick grew up in Squim, Washington, and served in the United States Navy from 2005 to 2009. He is a freelance writer, avid historian, and passionate outdoorsman who has traveled extensively over the course of his life. He draws inspiration and literary prowess from his experiences in numerous career fields and a multitude of social environments. Jolly has developed a unique literary brand that encompasses numerous aspects of contemporary society. For more information about Jolly Walker Biddick and his work, visit his website at jollywalkerbiddick.com. Well, hi, Jolly. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Hi, Sherry. It's good to have you. Yeah, glad to have you. Um, So to kick us off, why don't you tell us a little bit about Cape Henry House? What is it all about? Cape Henry House is based on a true story. uh, The book is quite accurate. It's about a group of sailors, two in particular, that they move into a house off base to get some freedom. The idea was that, you know, we have a place and we can invite our our close friends over and relax. But the house kind of... it. It takes on a life of its own, really, because the, they invite people over who invite other people over, and it turns into a party house. And to make matters worse in that regard, there was a married couple that had actually invited them to move in to help with rent. So it creates this kind of crazy situation where you have people coming to party, you have a married couple that's not really, you know, they don't like it very much, and it just creates all kinds of very memorable events and, and some tension. And it's a fond memory of all of us who were a part of that. And so I, it did justice in my mind and my friend's mind to write a book about it. Mm-hmm. What actually inspired you to sit down and write a book? Well, I've been writing for years. Mm. Uh, I'm 35. I've been writing for 25 years, like maybe a little longer. Uh, I used to write all kinds of crazy tales, but I was very shy. I, I might even show my father or maybe a friend, but I would keep it to myself. But I ended up in a career track where I do writing for a living. I write memorandums and like uh, official documentation, like for the government. Um, mm. But that's not literary type writing. So what got me to write the book was the memory talking to some of the people that were part of the actual house on Cape Henry Avenue. And also I wanted to stretch, you know, I wanted to see how far I could take my skills, see if I could make a, you know, start a new way of life, you know, as a writer and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wow. That's exciting. It's kind of a scary step. So kudos. <laughs> Thank now, you. Yeah, it's quite a jump. Yeah. Now, Cape Henry House is a novel based on true events. Why did you choose to fictionalize your story instead of writing it as a memoir? Well, you know, funny thing, this wasn't in mind at the time, but I could later go back in a memoir fashion and, and write about it in like much more pure context, I suppose. But I was nervous and there are characters in the book based on people that I don't have contact with anymore and because of the events in the house that did take place it was important to me to incorporate that into the story but I wanted to make sure that their identities are protected and so in some instances there are characters in the story that are not only fictional but like 
I've taken someone that was in the real story and I made two or three characters out of them and stretched out events, you know, for protection and whatnot. Oh, that's a great idea. And the people that you are still in contact with, um, did they know you were writing a book? Did you contact them beforehand or did you kind of well, keep it a secret till it was finished? The main characters in the book are actually people I'm still close with. And we've over the years, and I even at the end of the book, the narrator kind of hints at this, but we kept in touch all these years later and we would meet up almost once a year. And about five or six years ago, we always talk about this house, but about five or six years ago, I made a comment about a book or movie should be made. And everybody kind of, they looked at me cause I, I write already. And they said, well, why don't you? And so <laughs> I started the project and I was, I did, I kept in touch with them. I even ran the drafts through them as I was writing it to get kind of their feedback. They were really supportive. Yeah, that's good. What did they think about the finished product? What did they have to say about it when, when it was all said and done? I've heard nothing but good things. In fact, not a single person that I know professionally from the military that has read it has had an issue with it. They either loved it or they thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I had a superior at the time who contacted me through back channels when he heard that I was writing this book. And when I finished it, I gave him, well, I gave him the link to check it out. And he absolutely loved it. And I was nervous about him because he was a good guy. We had a good relate working relationship, but like I wasn't sure how he would feel as a former superior of mine writing about that time period. And he, he loved it. And so that felt pretty good. And then I was confident going forward that it's a good product and that it, you know, it lit the audience just right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I didn't even think about that, the, the military side, you know, if that would be an issue with them or not. I was very nervous about that going into this book. And this is a semi-spoiler to anybody that hears this, but there's no mention of what base we were stationed at in the story or like in the story. There's no mention of the town even. And the military, like the, the, the squadron or the commands that are in there, there's no reference whatsoever of who they are or what type of anything. It just says it's a command. And then like it details the ranks of people there. And that I knew when I did that, that I'd be protected because I wasn't, you know, there's nothing being disclosed in the book that would ruffle any feathers with the government and whatnot. Right. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that's good that you got feedback from a superior. So what kind of feedback have you received from your general reading audience? Very good. I've got nothing but four and five star reviews on the book. I have one three star review and they cited why they said that they liked the story, but the military terminology in the book it kind of confused them and that's understandable so like I don't consider that a bad review mm-hmm. and it's also something I can't change because if I'm going to make it based on a true story or as real as I can you know that has to be part of the story because that's how it happened yeah yeah I didn't find it too technical but I, I get it you know there were some terms in there that aren't general conversational topic and three stars is actually not a bad review I've only got one are amazingly everything else is four or five so yeah. i feel pretty good about that. absolutely that's amazing so you talked about a couple of the main players in cape henry house can you tell us a little bit about them and and what motivates them yeah so of course there's uh petty officer third class bosner the narrator and i mean in essence it's me you know the writer and then there is paul blaine he goes by b-man uh he's a kind of tall stout brash new yorker diehard New York sports fan of all the all the major teams, Giants, Yankees, Rangers. And then there's Nathan Dolvar, who is also a um, New Yorker. 
that B-Man and Dolvar did not know each other prior to the military, but having been stationed together, they bonded. Mm. Um, those are the two that move into the house in the story. The other person is Timothy Magic, who goes by Zick. He's a good Michigan guy, loves working on cars, you know, lives near the Motor City. Really mellow person, kind of holds the whole group together. And then you have the protagonist and antagonist female characters, Melissa, who is sort of an antagonist, if you will, sort of on the fence and sort of creates friction later in the story. And then you have uh, Lena Lordson, who goes by Lori. And Lori's kind of, um, Lori is the dream girl. She's not like super gorgeous. She's pretty, but she's almost perfect in everything she does. She's open-minded. She's loving. She kind of like is the mama bear of the group, how she sort of takes everybody on her wing. And she kind of becomes the realized love interest of B-Man. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole host of other characters. It's kind of long and I'd prefer not to get into them because it's just, you know, they're not really yeah. major players. But then you have the, the married couple, Pinley and Anne, and they were based on a real married couple. Um, good people overall, but they didn't know what they were getting themselves into <laughs> when they invited B-Man and Dolvar to move into this house. And it turns in for them to a disaster. But for me personally, my friends that were in the story in real life, and of course the reading audience, it turns into gold because it's just funny and it's just like almost unbelievable in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I loved the characters and, and to realize that they're kind of based on actual, you know, people that, that kind of made it even more entertaining to me. And then we have the house. The house is probably the biggest character of all. When I was reading, that's the impression I got anyway. It's like, oh my God, the first thing I thought about was if these walls could talk, you know? (laughs) Yes. And part of the reason this has even been written is not just the parting. The house was almost like a magical orb of safety for us. We, what went on in that house and what, what didn't happen to us as a result is, is mind boggling. And again, it made it worth writing about was all the crazy shenanigans, the, the fights, the just wild nights and like nothing bad happened to the group except that, you know, at the end, B-Man and Dolvar need to figure something out about living arrangements. But <laughs> it, it was so wild that even they themselves knew that that was coming. It was no shock. It was sort of inevitable. And it was kind of like, eh, what the hell? It was, it was a good run while we had it, you know? Yeah. And the bonding. Um, and also, sorry, one quick note on characters. One that left I feel bad was Joanne, who becomes the love interest of Zick. And Joanne is a very quiet but shrewd young lady. Uh, she has very timely, witty remarks, doesn't say much. But when she does, it's it's memorable and laughable. I think re- anyone that reads it, I'm sure you did, you kind of pick up on that later in the story. Absolutely. She's kind of like every, she makes every word count. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, one of the things that first drew me to your book was the cover. I want to talk about the design a little bit. Did you design it or did you work with an illustrator? I worked with an illustrator. And, you know, the funny thing is, and this is not about any of other projects I have, I'm working on something else right now and I already have a design for. uh, But to touch on this Cape Henry house, um, the other book I'm working on now, I've already got a handful of designs to pick from, like a bidding set up and Cape Henry house. I only got three designs over a course of like days. And the funny thing was this cover on the book. It was the first design that I got. I gave him what I wanted. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted there to be a house there to be like a dancing woman and like references of beer, like kegs or something. <laughs> and it, it was almost like a literary soulmate connection to the designer because the first design that came out was that one. And as soon as I saw it, I, I knew that I want that on the cover. 
and then two more came in, but they, they had no chance. Not after that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic cover. I love it. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Yeah. It's like it was meant to be. Yes. This story, uh, side note, as I started writing it, it, it was not only a lot of fun, but it like it felt right. I went, this is, I've got to finish this. And so, hence, here's the book. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. What was one of the most surprising things you learned while creating your book? The writing was probably the easiest part, I, w- I would think. It, it was. Um, editing, the editing stuff going forward, I'm going to probably, I'll, I'm going to invest more into getting good editing on it. I did all the formatting for the cover, and that was really a headache with, like, in, I went through Ingram Spark and Amazon, KDP, mm-hmm. and, like, that was kind of difficult because they have, like, size requirements, and I had to go on Photoshop and, like, play with it. Um, pretty much everything outside of the writing was, pardon my language, a pain in the butt, and I didn't really <laughs> like that very much because I'm a, I'm a writer, you know, and so, but um, if it doesn't have a good presentation to it, no one's going to read it, so it was very important that I got that stuff right as well. Right, right. I hear that a lot. You know, authors say, you know, the writing's the easiest part. Um, and, and unfortunately, t- in today's world, writing is, is just part of the story. Being an author is, is a full-time business almost. So it's you, you can't just right. write a book and say, okay, everybody, read it. And, you know, <laughs> I'm done. Wouldn't that be nice? But It would, certainly would. <laughs> so was there one thing in particular that you wished you knew before you started out with the whole process? You know, to be honest with me, and this is just me speaking personally, getting the book out there for people to read because, and I know every writer says this and it's cliche, but like, I have no doubt that the material is good. Like for an audience that's okay with like a little bit of like foul language and like unsloppiness, if mm-hmm. you will, like in a story, I have no doubt that the story is good. It's getting it to an audience where it can become something bigger as intended. Um, that's really hard for me because I'm not very set, like tech savvy on social media advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the literary side of it, not really. I've, I'm surprised how smoothly the process ultimately went there weren't really any hiccups except for the formatting of the cover but even that that just took a matter of days to get fixed yeah and I've heard that about the cover you know getting it just right so you did the whole thing yourself yeah I did I covered everything uh I had some proofreading help with some of my friends who are in the book in fact you know fictionally but um they helped with proofreading and in a couple spots they gave me some reminders of things like a side note by the way um we never had cable in that house, which is kind of mentioned in the story. And we had a DVD player. And I, I wrote at one point, we were flipping channels. And one of my friends said, well, we never did have cable in there. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, that's right. So I took that out. and I made sure we specified and kept the timeline consistent. Oh, yeah. Wow. And that's the importance of proofreading, you know, to catch little things like that. Because, I mean, your book is really kind of historical as well. So you, you want to be genuine. You want to be authentic to the time period for sure. Yeah, correct. So once your book was published and you got one of your author copies, uh, how did it actually feel to hold your book in your hands? What was that like and, and what did you do? Well, I did actually do like a signing uh, because it's a military book. I went down to the local American Legion and the VFW and I kind of I did some signings and offered it you know, to people if they wanted to purchase. I actually donated a copy to the Post and I, I signed it like on behalf of, you know, this is for Legion Post or VFW. Um, but other than that, when I went home after I had it in hand, I really just kept thumbing through the pages to feel like 
you know, you do that all the time in the book, but it was my book. So it was kind of like it, it was different, you know? Yeah. It's kind of surreal, I would imagine. It was neat. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you like to read and, and which authors have inspired your own work as a writer? Well, you know, I'm from Washington State, but I have family all up and down the Western U.S., like Colorado westward. And so I've always liked Westerns, mm. you know, and of course, uh, you know, Stephen King, I've always liked the horror genre, even though I know he famously tries hard to sort of imply that he, he's not a horror based author. And, and he has written other works, but, you know, a lot of his classics, you know, I read The Shining. Uh, and it's different than the movie, of course, even though I, you know, most of us love that movie, mm-hmm. the detail in his work, you know, when you read it. So I, I like him. And I also take after, you know, really two very well-known authors, uh, Twain and Hemingway. Twain because of the Americana element to his work and in Hemingway because of the, the short, sharp sentence. Mm. So you're great or quick. You're not, there's not a lot of fluff in it. You get right to the point and keep it sharp. Those are kind of the ones I sort of follow. I enjoy those stories. I like short stories, too, and I'm going to work on those going forward. So, like with, you know, even Stephen King, some of his short stories, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I enjoyed Trucks, which was made into the that movie later, um, Maximum Overdrive, which as a kid, I used to love that, but um, it's kind of a sappy 80s film. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like the big ones, really, and I, I kind of try to emulate that. I'm, you know, I'm my own writer. I'm not really a big writer yet or nothing, and I might not be, but I... I take after them, you know, but without trying to copy that style. I want to try and have my own style to my writing. Right, right. Now, Cape Henry House is your debut novel. Do you have plans in the works for, for other books? Oh, yes. Yeah, I have one I'm working on right now. It should be done very soon. And then um, there's one I'm trying to in the coming year. It's going to be similar to Cape Henry House, not like the comedy element, but uh, it's going to be based on a very real story. I'm already working with a couple of people that are going to be in the book. Cape Henry House is my sweetheart novel because mm-hmm. it's my first, but this other one I'm working on or will be working on soon. I'm going to really try to make more of a like big time deal out of it as sort of my like coming out party on quality writing. Um, now that I've kind of got that under my belt and going forward after that, uh, you know, I'm not sure yet. I, I'd like to just make it more of a living going forward. So there, there should be plenty of books coming down the pike. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. So based on your debut experience, what advice can you give to aspiring authors? Well, if they haven't finished anything yet, if they want to, if they're either want to write something or they're currently writing something, don't stop. Like go, like just write it. Don't worry about punctuation. Don't worry if it even makes a lot of sense immediately get the story on paper or on your laptop or on your screen because you can always go back after the fact and clean it up or tweak it or whatever you want. But if you don't go for it and you don't finish or start writing it, time's going to pass. It's going to slip your mind or you're going to forget the idea and you'll never get it back down. And on the other side for design and publishing also don't give up ask people, uh, anyone, you know, that has written or go online, look up people that have written, get into groups, literary groups, and just keep going because you can always hone in your craft at writing. And it, and if you do that, you're, you're only going to get better, but you got to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, are you a member of a writing group? I actually was not when I wrote Cape Henry house. I kind of, when I was writing that book, I really kind of just closed myself off and like just wrote, um, I did join one when I was in the state of Maryland. It was called the Maryland Writers Association. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they have like book fairs, you, you, like state fairs you can go to to submit your book. And then like networking groups where you can communicate or you can exchange your writing for proofreading. Um, and I'm on a couple of really generic groups on like social media, but they're not anything really official. But there's one in particular, it's called Aspiring Writers United. And it's on Facebook and it's got a huge list of like members, like hundred, all over 100,000. Oh, wow. And so people are on there all the time. And there's, there's also some fluff on there, stuff that's not exactly, it doesn't help. And it started just on the wall, but like there's a lot of really helpful information. People will ask, hey, where can I go to get input on this or that you can go on there to even ask for a proofreader for your, your work and whatnot. And I haven't had to do that yet with anything I'm doing now, but it's in my pocket if I need to. And I've, I've also been on there to help people out if I felt like I could give them a good answer. Yeah. I love some of those Facebook groups. They're really informative and you know, it's all firsthand experience. So it's from people that actually have gone through or are going through the same thing you are. And so it, it it's a, it's a great learning tool for everyone. I think. Sure. Well, Jolly, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing a, a little bit more about yourself and your work. Thank you, Sherry. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Jolly Walker Biddick, author of Cape Henry House. For more information about Jolly Walker Biddick and his work, visit his website at jollywalkerbiddick.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com. <laughs>